Welcome to CSU Stories, the podcast where we tell the stories of the unique work of people in regional New South Wales and beyond. From Hollywood careers to amphibian specialists, we talk with CSU staff, students, alumni and members of our communities to share how our regions are shaping Australia and the world. This is Wes Ward, and today I'm speaking with Associate Professor Nick O'Brien, Head of the Charles Sturt Graduate School of Policing and Security. From the Irish Troubles and the IRA bombings in the United Kingdom in the 1980s and 90s, to the fallout of the 9-11 attacks in New York in 2001, Nick has worked around the world with agencies that address terrorism in all its forms. We will look at some of Nick's experiences and his views on terrorism, including the more recent right-wing extremists and the Islamic fundamentalists. Nick, when did you first see the face of terrorism? I guess in, in London when I was a, um, a young police constable, it was the, it was the Irish Republican Army and the Holy Ship, what was then called the, the, the Troubles, which was really the um, um, the bombings in, in London and in Northern Ireland and indeed in, in, in some parts of Europe um, undertaken by the, uh, uh, by the um, IRA, but certainly London was a, was a target. In, and for example, in the, um, in, in the late 70s, there were uh, bombings in um, London in, in Oxford Street um, and, and elsewhere um, killing people, and it was, a, it was a serious business. What was it like to live in London during that time? Everyone was aware of the fact that bombs might go off and it was it was something that um, that people thought about but I think people really just got on with their, their lives and, and, and their jobs. One of the things that was quite prominent though that I remember were, were Radford on the tube and, and the trains and indeed probably on, on, on television as well but telling people if you see an unattended package um, don't be quiet about it and say something about it inform the police and that really brought it up to, uh, to people's consciousness and then indeed people did did ring the police when they saw an unattended bag at a railway station or, or on a train. And how do government agencies address the IRA bombers? Basically, it was an intelligence operation, and uh, a lot of the, bomb, the bombers came from obviously came from from Northern Ireland, and they used to travel across onto the mainland to carry out their attacks. So it, it, it was a case of having good relationships with the with, with the with, with the police, uh, then called the Royal Officers Fabry. Um, in, in Northern Ireland um, to make sure that we got any intelligence that they, they got. And indeed, the relationship between the security services uh, or the security service and, and, and the police in London and in, and in Northern Ireland was really pivotal, pivotal to the success of, uh, of countering that, that kind of terrorism. I suppose winding it forward to 2001 and a new movement has uh, hit the international headlines, Al-Qaeda. How did you first see Al-Qaeda? Well, it's it's one of those occasions where I remember where I was when when the incident of, of 9/11 happened. I was at Scotland Yard um, in in someone else's office, and someone came rushing in and said, "Turn on the television, and it looks like America's being uh, um, being attacked by by terrorists." And, and then then the whole event of 9/11 um, sort of unfolded before our our eyes. We very quickly became aware that we were dealing with a terrorist group that was very different from the IRA in a, in a number of key ways. Uh, one of them was this terrorist group, i.e. Al-Qaeda, didn't want to negotiate. They weren't interested in, in that 
and some terrorist groups actually had a an official wing, if you like, where you could you could actually speak to. Al Qaeda did, didn't have this. And the other other thing was that Al Qaeda wanted to kill as many people as possible, as we saw with the with the, with the 9/11 attack. And the other thing that was that was different was that they used suicide attackers, and really. That wasn't a phenomenon that we were used to, uh, uh, to dealing with in, in London. Do you think different nations have succeeded in addressing Al-Qaeda? I, 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 think, I, don't, I don't think anyone's had a perfect, uh, had a perfect record against them. And, and they're, they're still a, a very significant terrorist group. They, they haven't gone away just because their, their then leader, Osama bin Laden, was, uh, was, was killed. And it didn't mean that the terrorist group has, has collapsed continued on. So I, I, I don't think anyone's been completely successful uh, against Al-Qaeda or, or any of the, the major uh, terrorist groups. And what are your thoughts about more recent uh, ter- terrorist groups like, say, ISIS? I, the thing about ISIS is that it's more than a terrorist organization that, 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 that controlled some geographical space, which is what they did, and which is what really um, Al-Qaeda never did. Al-Qaeda were allowed into Afghanistan and were allowed to operate from Afghanistan. There was a, ISIS just slightly different than it. It did hold, hold territory, which is largely lost, lost by now. But it, it's more of a, an ideology. So in about 2015, the leader of, of ISIS was actually telling people, don't come across the Syria and Iraq fight. We want you to, to carry on the battle at home. And, and in, indeed, we've, we've seen that in a number of, uh, of different theaters across the world number of different countries we've seen attacks taken uh, take, taking place including in Australia by by people who whose allegiances were to uh, uh, to ISIS and I suppose more more recently right-wing extremists have uh, raised their heads as well and uh, what do you what are your thoughts about the uh, right uh, about this group it's, it's a, a very a very serious matter there's been more right-wing incidents in the UK and I think um, and the U.S. last year than, than there have been to, to other terrorist groups, and obviously we've, we've seen the horrific example of what happened in, 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 in Christchurch. But elsewhere around the world, we've seen um, Anders Breivik in, in Northern Europe. So this is a very real and, and a very frightening phenomenon, and one I think that the security services of, around the world have been addressing. We, we recognise that that this is, is going to be a, an ongoing problem, and so we're. Last year, we made the decision to start up a, uh, a course on, on right-wing extremism and terrorism. We hope to have that up in, in, in 2020, sorry, not a course of subject. Um, so, yes, very, very significant and one that shouldn't be ignored and one that's unlikely to go away in the, in the near future. And what do you think law enforcement and intelligence agencies can do to reduce the security risks from these groups? Um, I think, I think the, it's the velvet glove and the iron fist, if you like. So basically, we need a rigorous law enforcement approach um, and an intelligence service um, approach to identify um, who, who these, these terrorists are, whether they're from, from the right wing or, or elsewhere. So we need, we need a rigorous uh, approach. But we also need to be, to be aware of, of communities and, and support communities that, that, that need, need support. And I think that's, that's, that's really important. So, you know, we, we need a community a community approach, but we also need to be quite tough as far as um, uh, as, as identifying these people uh, and 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 dealing them when we do when we do identify them and, and they do commit crime. Is there anything else you want to uh, say about this broad topic of uh, terrorism? I, I think that the only point I would like 
extra point I, I would like to make is around suicide terrorism. In that um, suicide terrorism is a, a fairly recent phenomenon. It, it was suicide terrorism in the modern era probably started in the 1980s in, in a, a small number of incidents. Then was was used um, in Sri Lanka by the LTTE through the 90s and early 2000s, and has been adopted by a number of different groups around the world um, since then. And so this, the instance of suicide uh, terrorists are, are, are huge, and it's very, very difficult to deal with from a law enforcement point of view, because normally law enforcement um, officers are used to dealing with people that want to live, and all of a sudden you have to deal with someone who Wants to wants to die. They want to die on, on behalf of their, their cause or their god or, or, or whatever, and that really changes the way that you have to you have to deal with uh, with these people because they're not they're not either unintelligent or, 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 or they're not they're not um, mentally disturbed. But to them, they're going to get certain benefits by carrying out suicide attacks, and therefore what they're doing is is, is quite logical. And because of that, it's very difficult to deal with from a, a law enforcement point of view. And, and we'll, we'll be so forever, I think. That's great. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to sharing all of our CSU stories with you. For more information on CSU stories, go to news.csu.edu.au.